Welcome back, my fellow creatives. Here we are with another helping of delightful indie author goodness on story cuppings. We're going to be taking a sip from another fantasy uh, today, written by an amazing soul, Wesley Allen. He wrote In the Land of the Penny Gnomes, uh, was it a couple of years back? Um, and now he's been working on another installment, but I just wanted to come back to the story because I remember talking with him online a good deal about the world building here and the unique fun he was having with um, being mischievous with language, as it were. Now, we won't be able to dive too far into that because that happens a little further into the story, but I thought we could take a sip from the earlier point, the prelude, the first chapter, and see if its unique flavors strike your fancy as a picky reader and working writer, uh, and, and just enjoy the fact that it's September, and that means it's fall, and it means it's my favorite season. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I, I love, I have been waiting for fall since June. So <laughs> I am I am very happy to be here today. <laughs> Let us begin with the prelude of In the Land of the Penny Gnomes by Wesley T. Allen. The prelude is entitled The Legend of the Penny Gnomes. Grandpa, said Billy, I can't find my action figure. Can you help me look for it? Grandpa looked down at Billy and smiled. Sure thing. Now, which action figure are we looking for? Billy shuffled his feet. The one with the mustache from my video game? I put it down last night right by my bed, and when I woke up, it was gone. Grandpa nodded. Well, I'm sure it's in your room somewhere. Let's go take a look. Billy and Grandpa headed into Billy's room, where there were toys and books tossed out on the floor. Grandpa grinned at the sight the wreckage left in the wake of a seven-year-old's playtime. Yeah, yeah, I can attest to this. I'm pretty sure anyone who has had to be around a child at any point can attest to this. It, it, it just the, you, you'd think, <laughs> you'd think a little like uh, Twister had gone through the room as it were with the amount of stuff they throw everywhere and yet they never injure their feet when they walk through it. I don't know how they do it. <sighs> okay, sorry. Well, I don't know how you could possibly lose something in this room. Grandpa, you shouldn't make fun. That's not nice, Billy replied with a frown. You are so right, Grandpa nodded as he donned a serious expression. What was I thinking? Now, Billy, where did you have your action figure last? Billy pointed towards a spot between his nightstand and bed. Right there! I sat him up against the wall and everything so Mommy wouldn't step on him in the morning. And now he's gone! Well, Billy, did you check under the bed? Billy shook his head and pointed at the spot where he knew he had set his beloved toy. No, he was right there! Oh, I can hear my own son saying this. <laughs> no! Okay, sorry. Well, why don't you look under the bed and see if he's there anyway? Do it for me, okay? Billy uttered a hmph and stamped to the bed. Collapsing on the floor, he peeked under the bed. It's not here. There's just a dumb old penny, 
wonder how that got there, he said. Billy didn't like pennies, and it took too many of them. Oh, I'm sorry. Billy says that. I will move forward to what Grandpa says next. Um, may I look at that, Billy? The child shrugged and deposited the coin into his outstretched hand. Grandpa turned it from side to side, examining the metal as if he was looking for something. And after what seemed like hours, Billy could wait no more. Grandpa, what are you looking at? It's just a penny. I mean, Billy didn't mean to be rude to Grandpa. He just wanted to get back to looking for his action figure. His grandfather handed the coin back to his anxious grandson with a sigh. Well, Billy, I'm afraid you might not be able to find your action figure. It looks like the Penny Gnomes came last night and purchased it. Billy wrinkled his nose. Penny Gnomes? What are Penny Gnomes? And why did they take my action figure? Oh, oh no, Billy, they didn't take it. They purchased it. This is a Penny Gnome Penny. You can tell by the scratches. Grandpa pointed at two small scratches on one side, which went over... Which one side, which went over one side. These scratches show where the penny gnomes pried the penny out of its mold when they finished making it. Now, I gotta, I gotta pause here because from a child's perspective, this totally sounds like something a, a, an adult would make up so they don't have to help look for something or just show, oh, I guess it's gone. You know, the gnomes took it. Yeah, I yeah, totally, I could see how there is... The way he's like, um, the penny, it's got scratches, so it's from a penny gnome. I, I, and again, probably as a caregiver myself with my own children, I could totally see myself going, um, uh, dragons left it. That's why that, that little mark there, that's a scorch from there. I could totally see myself doing this with my children when they were younger. So this makes absolute sense to me. Um, why, you know making up a story like this when there's a huge mess in a room and you don't know how to you're gonna find anything to try and like explain it away to a child and the pure skepticism that Billy exudes over the course of this conversation. <laughs> over the Penny gnomes where it just it's like that sounds ridiculous even for me. Cause I could tell but my kids would react the exact same way. Uh, the prelude continues, because I want to get to the first chapter pretty soon here. <clears throat> but what the grandfather does is he explains why the penny gnomes like to buy things. And how they go about it. Um, and I want to, let's see here, I just wanted to kind of get to that part of the legend here. So grandpa sat down on Billy's bed and patted the mattress next to him. Billy clambered up on his bed and snuggled in next to his grandfather. When Billy stilled at last, Grandpa began to speak. In a place very far from us is a land of tiny people. They enjoy many things. Pointy hats, whimsical toys, colorful boots, keychains full of clanging keys, long, long beards, homework pages, and fresh brewed coffee. What these tiny people love most of all, however, were the little discs they made from the copper their cousins mined out of the mountains. To the tiny people, they were beautiful, well-crafted, and valuable beyond measure. They call their discs pennies, and from them they get their name, the Penny Gnomes. The Penny Gnomes love their pennies so much, in fact, they rarely make anything else. Because they didn't make anything but pennies, the gnomes had to come up with a way... Um... 
Oh, with a way to get all the things they loved. So they go on shopping sprees where they can buy toys and keys and homework and grab a cup of coffee on the run four times a year. When the sun goes down, the village of the Penny Gnome sends out the eldest son or daughter of every Penny family with a shopping list and a whole roll of pennies. Each of these children come to our land and look for the items on their list. When they find an item for which they are searching, the gnome carefully places it in their bag and leaves the most precious possession they have in order to pay for it, a single gnome penny. So whenever you lose a toy or can't find your keys, misplace your homework, or find your coffee in a room where you know you didn't take it, you might just find a few pennies around the house. If you do, you'll know the penny gnomes have been to your home, shopping for the things they love best. Besides pennies. Grandpa tilted his head, his gaze down, and looked into his grandson's wide eyes. And that, Billy, is the legend of the penny gnomes. Now, again, this this feels like something at the ground uh, that an adult would just say. <laughs> you know, it's like if you're familiar with the comic. Uh, Calvin and Hobbes. And if you're not sure what I'm talking about, please look up Calvin and Hobbes. Give yourself just like 10, 15 minutes to read Calvin and Hobbes comic strips. It'll make your day. But it's the, basically the adventures of a boy with his best friend, a tiger named Hobbes, who, as far as the world knows, is just a stuffed tiger. But to Calvin, he's real. And so those two are always going on all sorts of crazy adventures. And Calvin's father has this gift for answering any of Calvin's questions with the most absurd thing possible. Like when Calvin asks, Dad, where does wind come from? Calvin's dad says, well, that's the trees sneezing. <laughs> this is what this reminds me of. You know, it's like, I can't find something. Well, a gnome took it. That's what they do. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm excited for Billy's sake that he's, he's he is won over by Grandpa's storytelling because that legend is pretty developed. It's pretty thorough about this is where they go and where they take things. And it's such a unique collection. It's, of course, the homework pages. It's, of course, the toys and, you know, coffee. Well, I can I can relate to that as I have. I don't know what cup this is, but I am sipping away here from my own little brew in my Snoopy cup. Uh, so, you know, we have quite a bit of world building through this legend of the Penny Gnomes. It's establishing what sounds like it can't possibly be real, but we know from the title of the story, it is real, but we are getting, through this legend, we are getting a sense of the world that is to come. Like something is happening and it's going to be something like this legend. So we're able to get a lot of establishment here uh, through this interaction between the grandfather and the grandson, which is great. Um, plus we have, you know, the grand, the son, the grandson's obviously upset because he wants his action figure back. So the grandfather suggests, well, leave the penny back where it was and see if the gnome comes back and maybe he'll realize that you don't want that penny and then you want your action figure back. So this is how the prelude ends. That night, Billy placed the penny back under his bed and tried to fall asleep. After what seemed like forever, he finally drifted off. 
During the night, he had a dream in which he thought he saw a shadow, shaped like a small man wearing a pointy hat bouncing about his room. Billy didn't know what to say to the hat, but when it came near his bed, he thought he heard a small voice say, Oops! When Billy awoke in the morning, he forgot all about his dream. He leaned over the bed and saw, to his surprise, his, mustache, his mustachioed action figure right where he had last laid it. Tied to one leg was a small note card the size of a postage stamp containing a single hand-scratched word. Sorry. And so what sounded like an absurd tale from a grown-up just trying to calm a kid down and let help them be okay with something getting lost is real! And that's how that prelude ends and gets us into chapter one where it's entitled First Steps, and it sounds like it is also that same character. Billy, he was named Billy the Grandson. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, Billy the Grandson in the prelude, and then his name is Will here. So let's see what is happening now in this first chapter. Hey! Hey! Get up! Will McGill felt himself being shaken in his bed. He cracked his eyes open enough to see how far the sun had risen. After all, he had a history test in the morning and was looking to hold off emerging from bed as long as possible. As Will turned toward his bedroom window, he expected to catch a bit of sunlight coming in through the glass, but was shocked to see none. It was still dark outside. Oh, come on, Dad. I said I studied last night and I don't want to get up early. The hands which had been shaking him slowly lifted off his body, and Will heard his floorboards creaking a bit. Ah, oh, good, at least Dad's in a merciful mood today, he thought. He rolled his head away from the window and prepared to settle in for some more sleep by pulling his covers over his head. Before he had settled back into his comfortable slumber, however, the covers were yanked completely off his body. Faced with the sudden exposure of the chillin' in his room, the teenager shot upright in bed and cried out, Hey! What gives? He expected to see his father standing over his bed, attempting to express a stern look. What he saw instead, as his eyes came into focus, was something quite different. There, standing by his bed, was a man he'd never seen before. The man was short, had a black beard which came down to his waist, and in the dim light he could just make out the bright colors which made up the intruder's clothing. Adorning the man's feet head was a floppy hat, almost like a beret. In the twilight, Will couldn't see the man's facial expression well, but he was able to discern the newcomer was grimacing. Look, kid, I'm not your dad, and I really don't care what you studied last night. Get up, get dressed, and let's get going. Will stared at the man. Get going, huh? Who are you? Why are you here? The man rolled his eyes. Okay, here's the deal. First, yes, going. Second, that was really well-spoken there. Third, I'm Bug Moom. Fourth, I am figure it's pretty obvious. I was sent to get you. Now get up, get dressed, and let's get going. Will didn't move. Sent? Why? Where do you think you're taking me? B Bug took hold of Will's arm and pulled him out of bed. Will expected to be alarmed by the strange man grabbing him, but was shocked at his own sense of calm. Despite his forcefulness, the man who called himself Bug didn't feel threatening. Look, kid, I'm not the answer, man. I'm a penny gnome. 
I had to jump in line ahead of some really touchy people to come get you. And I'm breaking about a hundred rules by even talking to you. So can you please just get up and get dressed so we can get going? Will wanted nothing more than to climb back into bed and pretend he wasn't having this conversation. But something Bug said caught his ear. A, a, a penny gnome? What, like in Grandpa's stories? This got the interloper's attention. He ceased his attempts to wave Will toward his dresser and grunted what Will could only interpret as an approval. I don't know who your grandpa is or what stories he knows, but if he knows about us, I've got to say I'm impressed. But you can't be real. The penny gnomes are just a story. Bug looked up at Will, who towered over him now that he was standing. He shrugged and then, without warning, stomped Will's foot with his boot. Ow! <laughs> it hurt! Bug grinned. Well, still think I can't be real? Now get dressed and get going. So here we have this stranger in this kid's room. Well, teenager's room. Um, so we are, of course, wondering why on earth this person's in here and he's kind of loud and <laughs> why on earth no one else has shown up yet um and i was just looking ahead to see what we could wrap up on because the chapter is a little long let's see here Ooh, goody. Yeah, we'll end with entering, with leaving the room, as it were. Uh, let's see here. So, Will is wondering why his parents haven't shown up. How are they not up? What did you do to them? Bug waved his hand dismissively. Ah, they're fine, kid. The prof just cooked up something to, in the lab to keep my retrieval from getting interrupted. They can't hear anything going on in this room. Look, I'm sorry to freak you out. I really am. I still don't know who Grandpa is, but I am a penny gnome, and I need to bring you back with me. The prof says that we need you. Okay. And so someone else is saying that this kid has got to come along and we're wondering why what makes this kid important and the fact that he even knew what the penny gnomes were does make us wonder if there's some something in the family but then why aren't the parents allowed to be involved so we'll have to see what's going on here so let's see here have you been in my room before bug turned his head and looked up at will of course who do you think returned your action figure Sheesh, not too swift on the uptake, are ya? My cousin Frankie was really irked I took it back, too. He hasn't spoken to me since. Let's see here. Where is it? Where's what? This time, Bug didn't stop his search. The slot! Every store we go to has a slot that takes us back to Great Roll. I just... Ha! Here it is! He pointed to a small crack on the floor shaped like a coin slot in an arcade machine. Okay, so does that open a door or something? Door? No, kid, that is the door. Bug reached into a pocket and pulled out two coins. He tossed one to Will and said, Here, 
this will make the, the slot work. The coin was a penny, and it didn't look unusual at all, but as Will turned it over in his hand, it seemed to be more somehow. That, kid, is our ticket to great roll. Will shrugged, and after getting down on his own hands and knees, reached out and dropped the penny into the crack in his floor. He was just about to turn back to Bug and say, what now, when he felt the world flip upside down, do a 360-degree spin, turn inside out, and then change into an unpleasant shade of mauve. <laughs> when the world turned back to normal, Will experienced a brief moment of weightlessness before he fell to the ground with a thud. Just as he had about to recover his bearings, an unseen weight came crashing down on his back and knocked the wind out of him as he hit the ground a second time. Sorry, Bug muttered. Shoving Bug off his back, Will stood up and took in his surroundings. He found himself in a bowl-shaped valley, surrounded by tall mountains. The sky, which had still been dark in his bedroom, was now a brilliant blue and dotted with occasional clouds. There were buildings all around him, forming a town or a city. And there were people! As Will looked around, he saw gnomes staring up at him, a look of horrified shock stamped on their faces. The gnomes looked much like Bug. They were short, had long beards ranging from white to dark black, and wore brightly colored clothes and vests. Unlike Bug, however, the other gnomes wore tall pointed hats. Bug got to his feet, waved his arms to indicate his surroundings, and said, Welcome to the realm, kid. So that was... Sorry, pardon me for the pauses before. Um, but that would be a taste of in the land of the penny gnomes. We have a kid who didn't realize he had interacted with the gnomes in the past. We have a apparently a family past with the gnomes, which makes us wonder why, what could be happening? And could that be why this boy has been selected for whatever's going on. So that was fun to dive into and I hope you enjoyed it as well and stay tuned because I'm going to be sharing some other indie author delights in the weeks to come and I hope you will return to take sips from that fiction with me as well. So until then, read on, share on, and write on my friends. Cheers.